The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Boyd and Carl Carafel. I am Carl Carafel. Alongside my broadcast colleague, Mighty Joe Morin. And oh my God, Mighty Joe, we're a packed house today. What the hell is going on here? We're here for episode 200. We got to 200, man. Um, it's uh, It's been a long road and we finally made it. We did. We did. This has been, um, you know, if you guys have listened to us before, you guys know that this is 200 episodes on our own. We've decided that uh, you know we went we went solo. We got away from the other uh, program that we were with before, and this is 200 episodes on our own. This is this is fantastic. I mean, we've talked before about 50, but we've decided to continue on, press on, press through, continue on, and we're at 200, baby. This is freaking awesome. Mighty Joe, tell us who who all have we got in here today? Well, let's kind of go around uh, around the table here. Uh, just to your well, if you're watching us to your right, I guess would be uh, Doctor Michael Jargo. I have to start calling you Doctor. You could have warned me that you were going to come to me first because Carl <laughs> told me to you know mute my microphone, and so I muted my microphone, and then I was like, oh oh oh, oh crap, and I didn't have my mouse over there. Congratulations, guys! Two hundred episodes. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's that's awesome. Almost as enthusiastic as Carl was. It's kind of a joke about something that happened <laughs> off air. Um, but no, sincerely, guys, congratulations. 200 episodes is a hell of an accomplishment. Of course, we've had you guys over at the HTM Podcast Network now for, holy cow, what? At least probably about 100 of the 200 episodes. Yeah, pretty and, close. You know, going all the way back to the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. I know we got a couple of those guys coming up here a little bit later on in the show. Um, we we formed that relationship, and even though Gorilla Position kind of went away, we decided we were going to stick together. And you guys came over to HTM, and it's it's been a great partnership. And congratulations, man! Two hundred episodes. I don't know how many damn podcasts I've done, <laughs> but two hundred is a hell of a lot. It really, really is. Now below me from Love Wrestling, we have Spencer Love. Welcome to episode two hundred, sir. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It was nice to sort of get, this is really how we met, was me getting invited to a show. I've been a fan of your guys for a long time, so it's really, really cool for me to be here. I've uh, 
as part of what's a really cool episode, you know, like everybody's going to say, I'll say myself as well. Not many people make it to 200, nonetheless, when there's two people involved in it. So <laughs> congratulations, guys. Great to be here. Oh, thank you. And uh, below Carl, we have Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery. Welcome, sir. 200 mother episodes. <laughs> and for you all that didn't think Turbuckle <laughs> Tuck was going to make it this long, you can suck my... Congratulations, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. You would have thought it'd be me dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> you would think so. I'm just glad that you re- he was able to, to censor himself on the fly. I was going to say, he, nobody dropped an F-bomb. That was some real, real solid censorship. Yes, that was oh, excellent. God. Now, right below Jargo, we the have... The seven-second delay. <laughs> yes. And then right below Mr. Michael Jargo, we have Mr. Michael Malcor from OVW. Welcome back to Termical Talks. Or it's been a while. Yeah, it has. And thank you much. Um... Yeah, two hundred. That's that's impressive. I mean, you all threw out. Thank you, thank you for inviting me <laughs> to be a part of this. By the way, and when you all threw this out, like the two hundredth celebration, you know, knowing how far we go back, knowing how far everything goes back, I'm like, oh, there's no damn way I'm missing this. I literally straight up requested and took the day off of work to be part of this. <laughs> we appreciate so it, Michael. Go. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And of course, you know, I definitely want, you were on my short list, you know, considering the the home that you guys gave us at thegrillaposition.com and uh, something that Carl and I will always forever, forever be grateful for. You guys gave us a platform and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, I still have the... Uh, the poster in the, in the back here, and it'll, it'll always be there. So I always uh, think of the grillsposition.com when I think of both you guys. And, of course, uh, right below Mr. Richard Bronson Rickery, we have Papa Bear. We have Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. Welcome back to Termuckle Talk, sir. You know, as I was sitting here, I was thinking to myself, this is the most screwed up episode of Hollywood Squares I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know, we're RBV missing two of them. Center like, square, baby. Nobody can get tic-tac-toe, <laughs> and now it's even more screwed up, because apparently we lost him, too. Oh. Yeah. It just dropped. Well, while we wait for uh, Mr. Bowman to come back in, uh, Nick, thank you so much. Uh, if you guys don't know who Nick is, uh, Tapped Out, Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast, Tapped Out Nick. Uh, been a great uh, fan, great supporter. Uh, you know, everyone over at the Tapped Out uh, Network have been so great to us as well. And we're so happy to... Uh, talk about them we've talked about them on the podcast before they've uh, you know talked about us and mentioned us and it's just great that we have this uh, uh, com- camaraderie between uh, all the different professional wrestling podcasts that are out there so uh, thank you so much Nick it's uh, it's a, it's it's definitely a pleasure yes absolutely and we have Ryan back per- uh, perfect good timing um, so you were saying Ryan before we lost uh, internet connection with you there before you took a break to go flip your internet <laughs> yeah, provider, the bird, right quick. <laughs> yeah, you, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, because uh, I don't see myself on the screen, but that's okay. As long as you can oh, hear okay. me, that's fine. I'm camera shy anyway. But uh, <laughs> no, as I was saying, you know, you guys are very important. We're always very important to us. We always, I always loved the show. You know, I lo- love getting to know you and Carl over the last couple of years. And, you know, again, same thing with Rick and Jargo. It's like, the best thing that I came out of it was, you know, I love wrestling and I love you guys' shows, but coming out of it was some really, some good friends. Yep. No, absolutely. You know, even when I made up the, the graphic last night, uh, while I was watching Wrestle Kingdom up at, uh, whatever, uh, time <laughs> in the morning, we lost right again. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I mean, just uh, it's uh, it was absolutely fantastic to be part of the GorillaPosition.com, and uh, you know, it's um, like I said, uh, that th- that poster's still up in the back, and it'll never go away. So, you know, while we wait for Ryan to come back here, I essentially wanted to do this episode and just to, to kind of go around the table and just kind of just talk about. Uh, Talk about professional wrestling. That's what we do here at Termical Talk. Um, you know, why don't we start uh, up in the top right-hand corner there with the Mr. Dr. Jargo. What do you want to talk about here on uh, the, our 200th episode of Termical Talk? I don't know, man. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> you know, like, because here's the thing, like, to pull back the curtain a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, Mighty Joe Morin is the guy that if you agree that you are going to do an episode of Turnbuckle Talk, yep. he will send you a run on Wednesday. Yep. For the show that's going to happen next <laughs> Monday. Yeah, I like to prepare. Right. Yeah. And for this, the most special episode of Turnbuckle Talk ever, the greatest episode in history, it's a shoot. There's, <laughs> we, there, there's no topics. No, no topics. <laughs> so, like, we have to sit here and talk for yeah. roughly an hour with absolutely no idea what we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> I mean, like, you want to talk about wrestling? Why don't we talk Joe, about yes, Joe? Well, I love professional wrestling. Yes, and it's I- ironic because we have Spencer here from Love Wrestling. So uh, I was going to say you're stealing my line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if uh, if we want to start on some topics, yeah, like uh, I guess well, I don't know how, how, when I. How... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say how many how. Uh... I don't know how many I got to talk to you about with since the the <laughs> AEW tribute show, but I thought the, the Brody Lee show was excellent. The tribute mm. they paid to him and his family. Yeah, yeah, yep. I, um, I actually I was talking about lately. it on on Friday with with a couple of people and Joe yourself included. Um, I don't think, to be quite honest with you, there has been something for me that is really impacted me probably since Eddie Guerrero and I know that's like a super yeah. super easy comparison to make um but realistically you know it's not the stuff that happens in ring or anything along those sorts of lines that I think is really affecting people um hearing all the tributes to him as a dad and as a person and yeah. and you know I, again I I still can't remember who sent the tweet out because there have been so many great tributes but um, I think the best one or the one that I sort of related most to was, um, for me, the, the not coolest, that word feels so wrong to use when you're talking about a tribute to someone, yeah. um, but but perhaps the one that hit me the hardest or the one that I related most to was um, when you're hearing stories about Brody Lee, it's not about, he was a great professional wrestler, he was a great hard-hitting big man, and, and all of those tributes that are coming out are rightfully deserved as well, but... Um, says how unspectacular all of the tributes are in a way in that he was just happy to be a guy to reach out to you when he hadn't talked to you in a bit or be someone to offer advice in the locker room or something like that. Like that for me is why it's really, really hitting hard is like uh, Art Middleton actually put an article out today on the site that said, um, for me, this is like a really humanizing professional wrestling death. And that's, I think, yeah. why it's hitting so hard for me. The AEW tribute was absolutely fantastic. And I think WWE has done an absolutely fantastic job as well, too, um, with the packages and that sort of stuff that they've put out. Um, you can't really tell anybody how to grieve, right? And yeah. I think that the um, only thing that I've taken some consolation in is that everybody has 
come together around this real, just great human being. Yeah, the, it's been a long time. I think I mentioned this last week with Carl that uh, I can't remember the last time where just the entire wrestling community came together to to talk about somebody. I mean, it's it, and it all was overwhelmingly positive. That that's what was so fantastic about it. Just that it's like nobody had a bad word to say about this guy, and just you know, like you mentioned, Spencer, the the tributes about him uh, being a father, whatnot. That's that that stuff was fantastic, and uh, you know yeah. the stuff that uh, AEW did. With uh, with Brewery Junior, I mean that stuff was fantastic too. I mean that, that was that was great. I think that's something that is important, especially for the younger generation, the the new crop that's coming into professional wrestling. What they should take away is the is Brody's the man's professionalism, and, and what he brought when he came to WWE. He wasn't a kid. Uh, he wasn't someone playing wrestler. He came in at 32. He was a man. He knew how to handle himself. He knew how to yeah. walk into that locker room, become a leader. You see him, he risks it all and goes out and ventures out on his own. He leaves the comfort of the machine, goes to AEW, essentially thrown into a, almost a disaster, garbage gimmick. Uh, he should have came in there and just been running rug shot. I mean, the guy could have been next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, they put him as the exalted one. He with the dark order. You got guys that on the weekends prior to that were in T-shirts and gym shorts out playing wrestler. <laughs> he, embraces, yeah. he embraces it, and he elevates everyone around him. You know, what might not be as well known out there. He wouldn't purchase most of that, that gear for those individuals so that they would look professional, that he would he was going to lift them up to his level and he was going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Even going to being the elite, his contributions there helped all of those individuals evolve going forward. Uh, it's still it's quite interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where the Dark Order goes, how they evolve as a group. But you have to believe just for working with Brody in that short time that all of them are going to be much improved, much better off, and have a tremendous chance for success going down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael, uh, Mr. Malcor, what, what are your thoughts about Brody Lee? I I remember when I saw it, I had put up there. I mean, I didn't know him personally, obviously. But I had put up online that I was you know, a fan of the big rig since, well, the big rig days. I mean, going back to Chikara, part of the Roughnecks with um, I can never remember the name of that kid that played the did the little lumberjack gimmick. But Eddie Kingston was part of that. I mean, that's how far those two go back. We're yeah. talking like nine, ten years at least that I've been watching him. And I saw the and somebody else had messaged me how I found out was a friend of mine had just messaged me the question Brody Lee and. It didn't hit me. Normally, when my friend Adrian messages me that it means somebody has died, and I'm like, what about Brody Lee? He's, yeah. And then it hit me. I went, oh, no. So I went looking up online, and that's when I found out why he was messaging me, and I'm like, oh, man. But, yeah, so it's been a while that, you know, and I think it is good that, you know, again, it's you can tell somebody was beloved when – you know, whenever somebody dies, a lot of fans will pay tribute. A lot of wrestlers will, you know, say their piece. But you can tell when somebody meant more to them. And just the tributes that come out about Brody, just as heartfelt as a lot of these were, the way these wrestlers have talked about him, you can tell he was somebody in that Owen Hart category to them. That, you know, every, like, several people have now said nobody has a bad word to say about him. Nobody ever did have a bad word to say about him. And that's, I mean, 
it's really not that common to come across that in wrestling and it's and it sucks to lose somebody like that i remember watching the tribute show i mean everybody else's tributes and what they were saying i was i was pretty well kept throughout Right up until Eric Redbeard held up the sign that said, <laughs> Good bow, goodbye for now, my brother. We'll see you again down the road. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. I, I was in, I was like almost in tears. Yeah. No, no. I yeah. straight out was. I'm like, that That did it. Yeah. That was yeah, it. I was going to say almost. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, no, it, there it, was no almost. That was, like I said, that did it. <laughs> it, it even hit me this morning um, for, for anybody who hasn't watched Wrestle Kingdom night one. The show opens with Rocky Romero saying it's January 4th. And you know what that means. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for me, when, when it comes to thinking uh, about Brody Lee, I think to something that you said, Carl, and um, it, it still sticks in my mind, you know, and not only in the situation, but I think that this can apply universally to everybody. Uh, you had said that, you know, hopefully, you know, while he was alive, people told him that he was loved. Right. And that's something we can all take as, as, as advice, you know, not to, you know, wait until the person's gone before you really um, let somebody know how you feel. Right. Because that person cannot, might not be there tomorrow. So, you know, you know take advantage and, you know, never um, take anybody for granted, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. And, uh, you know, not only professional wrestling, that, that's just a universal thing that can apply for everybody. So that's why I think uh, when you posted that, Carl, I can't remember if it was a comment or an actual post, but like that just that's etched in my memory. Yeah, it was it was definitely just kind of a uh, a post that I had put out there, but um, I mean that's it's that's what it is, and I mean for me, anyways, I've I've, I've kind of gone through a lot mentally over the last uh, you know four, five, six months, and uh, I've just kind of come to a realization that uh, that I mean this stuff can happen, and and it it can be sudden, and it can be without warning that it happens, and that uh, the stigma around guys showing their emotion needs to needs to end it just needs to end uh you know we're we're human as well and we need to show that emotion and if i want to tell uh you know curvy chick party that uh <laughs> you know i love curvy chick party i'm, I'm gonna do it uh, dearly not queerly but I, I, I love the guy, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's it, with, with everyone. It, it, it doesn't matter. If, if you have that, that connection with somebody, make sure that they know. Make sure that they know that you've positively impacted them and that, uh, that it's not just something that's, that's said afterwards in a tribute show. Um, yeah. now, now, I mean, both of the tributes that were done were, were, uh, fantastic. Um, you know, you've got, uh, AEW that, that, that dedicated an entire show to doing a tribute, which, which is generally unheard of. I mean, it's, it's something that just doesn't happen. And, and this is really set the bar when it comes to, uh, doing, doing tribute shows for, for people now. Um, and then the WWE putting something out as well, which I, I personally, I think was, was fantastic. Um, this is, uh, something that I, that I actually, I wrote a little article, uh, about this that, uh, may be coming out here very shortly, yeah. uh, in a couple of different places. I'm not too sure yet, but, um, Brian Myers, um, I want to throw this out here so that uh, we can get everyone else's opinion on this. Um, do you think Brian Myers jumped the gun a little too 
quickly when it came to his, uh, you know, tweets that he had sent out, uh, or do you think that maybe with the uh, the hurt and the and the emotions that he was feeling that he was maybe warranted uh, given the situation? So. Uh, that's the next little topic that I want to come on to. Um, if, if for anybody that doesn't know, uh, that's that's watching or listening, uh, Brian Myers pretty much sent a tweet out uh, um, uh, getting angry with the WWE because all they did was put a graphic up on the screen uh, during the Monday Night Raw, the, the first episode after we learned about the uh, passing of John Huber. Um, and he, he got quite... Um, ticked off by that and uh butt hurt and uh, decided to take it to twitter so uh let's throw it over to uh dr jargo first we'll go uh jargo we'll go spencer we'll go uh kirby chick party <laughs> and then we'll go mr melkor and then we'll finish it off with uh with mighty joe there and i just want to sure. get everybody's thoughts on that please well i i think from a psychological perspective all right I absolutely think that this was nothing more than him just using his own public forum to express his own thoughts. I mean, because it was so soon after things happened that that the, the, the series of tweets he put out does not strike me as somebody who was composed and putting together rational thought. That was somebody who was trying to express his raw emotion. And I think that is fine. Um, I, I think the larger issue here when it comes to Brody, and it's not just Brody, because the, there were two other deaths inside of the pro wrestling community over the course of 2020 that were very much like this Brody situation, where it is just a surprise. It's not somebody but that you know has been ill for, like when Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away, right? Everybody knew that Bobby had been very, very sick for a very, very long time. People were not necessarily taken aback when Bobby Heenan passed away. Um, what happened here with Brody Lee, what happened with Hannah Kimura earlier this year, and what happened with Shad Gaspard, um, all three of them, with them being just out of the blue, nobody saw any of this coming. And that emotional surprise and devastation that comes along with that, because you can't mentally prepare yourself for it. And I think that's exactly what we saw out of Brian Myers. Yeah. What do you think, Spencer? Perfect. Let's move on to, to Spencer with Spencer with uh, Love Wrestling. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because for me... Um, I don't really have an experience that I can really relate to as far as this goes. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been lucky enough that, you know, in my 28 years of life, I haven't had a close personal friend pass away, especially under circumstances like this. So um, the only real opinion I think that I can offer on it is, is um, I don't really... I can't really tell someone how to grieve, you know, and I think that unless he was um, directly, um, you know, targeting and hurting someone specific or someone along those lines, it, it is a bit different for me. And I know it is splitting hairs, but going after a brand for what they did or didn't do um, is different than targeting a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that taking out what may have been frustration, anger, sadness, grief, whatever stage it sort of may have played itself out in, 
Um, I have no right to tell anybody what to do or what not to do as far as that goes, right? Like that guy had a friend die. And, and unless someone else is directly hurt or directly affected by what his words or actions do, um, for me, this is, you know, like you said, Doc, it's just for me an expression of grief. And at least for me, I understand it. And, and it played out, like I said, off the bat, WWE did end up doing a fantastic tribute in a number of different ways. Tributes, I should specify. Um, should they have done a 10 bell salute on Monday night raw? My personal opinion is, yeah, I think they could have done something along those lines as well. Um, do I think he was entirely wrong in what he said? No. Do I think he could have potentially gone about it a different way? Yes. But at the end of the day, this guy just lost a friend. What right do I sort of have to judge a man on how he grieves? Right. Yeah. What do you think, Rick? Well, I, I, I completely agree uh, with what Jargo said there, you know, get that raw emotion. He, I mean, he's going to speak to that, that psychological side of it. I want to speak to the business side of it. If you're WWE, you're kind of damned if you do damned, if you don't, no Absolutely. matter how they would have reacted yeah. in this situation, it was the beast. The juggernaut is going to get a backlash. If, if, if they even something that Spencer mentioned it, yes, it obviously it would have been tremendous for the 10 bell salute. If they run a highlight package, if they, contribute a part of the show it's going to be all wwe trying to trying to cash in again on a talent that they mishandled that they sent packing that's the the feedback you're going to get here i think wwe played this right they they obviously acknowledged it you've seen all of their talents that were reaching out through social media expressing their sympathy their emotion and now wwe is running a, a brody or a luke harper special uh, on the network. So, you know, they are showing that they cared. They're paying a tribute. They're just taking a step back. And especially since he was with AEW, he's, you know, he's, they're giving the, his current company their chance to shine. Uh, I think they handled that there. It, again, if they would have stepped up, it would have been everybody going after him for trying to, you know, claim some glory and that would have been unnecessary for him. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, and I'm going to pick up right where he left off because somebody, I forget who among you said it, but somebody had talked about a tribute to him and it was like, well, both companies acknowledging it. And it was like, we've never seen that before. Well, back when we lost Owen Hart, there was no such thing as a WWE network either. Yeah, right. There was no separate outlet that they could do that on. I mean, I didn't expect to see... I mean, you know, the graphic went up, and I thought that was classy. I didn't expect to see anything else from WWE on their television program because he is someone who no longer works for them, period, full stop. Yeah. As a Speaking as a company, not how everybody in the back felt about him. Probably even Triple H and Vince themselves felt about him. That's probably why the graphic went up in the first place, to be honest, is because they felt that way. But I didn't expect anything on their TV. We got something on the network because now they can do that. They have that ability. And really, why the hell not? Because everybody, with the way everybody felt about them, they have the resources. They have the outlet, the most important thing. So, yeah, let's throw this together. And, you know, as far as Myers, I'm going to call somebody right or wrong for expressing their feelings, especially when you hit a raw nerve. I get it. But 
as somebody who teaches this sort of thing and who does this sort of thing for another company, I would have waited before I said anything. I, you know, emotions are going to happen. Like I said, I'm not going to say anybody's right or wrong for that. But, you know, seeing what we know now and what's come afterward, you know, like I said, I, I, I would have advised waiting if, you know, not that Brian Myers was going to come to me and ask me my opinion. But if he had, I would have said, I get how you're feeling, but just hold off on that. If you don't see anything in a day or two, then by all means, fire away. But I would give it a day or two first. Now, if I, if I could, I got a spinoff on this is, you know, we're talking yeah. about uh, emotions. We're talking about the business aspect of this thing. You know, one of the most powerful tools in business in marketing is emotion. Should we be questioning any of the motives from some of these companies that, you know, either, you know, WWE will start with them inside of itself, you know, running a network special. Obviously, there is a second motive there. We need to move network numbers. This is a massive tragedy. People are going to want to go relive those moments of Brody Lee on that grand stage of WWE. It's going to drive their numbers. We see companies out there running T-shirt sales. Uh, you know, obviously, they're doing some generous, some generous things as giving proceeds to the family. But that inside of itself, that's just an investment inside of your advertising as you're hoping when they stop by your online store, they're throwing other things in that basket. Uh, I mean, it, it is a part of life. You just don't, and it, you know, people just don't really tend to pick up on that thing, uh, pick up on those aspects. Do you guys have any feelings on, I, want, I don't want to say exploitation of it or manipulation, but kind of just that, that marketing and sales device itself. Carney's going to well, Carney. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And I was going to, and, and I was going to build on that before Rick, you even asked the question. I was going to kind of, build on the Jenga pile a little bit further. <laughs> um, I think people have a hard time separating the company as an entity from the people that run the company. I, and, and I'm not just talking wrestling. I mean, anywhere. I mean, you know, Rick had brought up, you know, how there are motives behind people touching emotions. How many, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on here, so I'll, I'll, I'll censor myself. How many bloody commercials do you see that are touching on, oh, we know these are tough times and there's a pandemic out there and we're here for you kind of thing. How many companies do we see touching emotions every day? Yeah. And when you really do a deep dive in on that, how is that any different from WWE putting out a network special about Brody Lee? Somebody who, despite the fact that he no longer works there, has passed away. Because they know that that's a topic that people are feeling right now. They know some of their raw emotion built around that. Well, I mean, not to cut you off, Mr. Melkor, but I mean, like, even just outside of the world of professional wrestling, okay, how many freaking Lakers jerseys do you suppose they sold after Kobe died? Yeah, a lot. Right. A lot. I mean, it, 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 and that's exactly, you know, and that's a great call. And that's kind of exactly the point I'm making. You know, people are going to, you know, people are going to jump on WWE. And of course, they're going to go right to Vince McMahon. Like I said, it's I think people having a hard time separating the company from the person. And it's probably because we all know who's in charge. But people don't stop to think because, <laughs> trust me, I've had to deal with this, <laughs> that the people in charge of the company don't necessarily reflect the company unless it's AEW and the talent actually runs the company. 
That's right. Unless it's mm. well, and even that, not even so much a talent. Tony Khan. Look at how much of his own money and how much of his own effort he put into not just that tribute episode, but everything we've seen happen. You know, everything he's done as part of this. You know, yeah. in a rare instance, you know, you can point at. You know, in in rare instances, you can point at the company and kind of associate it with the person in charge or people, but not. You know, the point I was getting to is people are going to call WW out for, you know, if they do call them out for exploiting the emotions around Brody Lee's death. Well, take a look around you at any given commercial on any given television at any given time and tell me how many companies are not exploiting emotion. The the one that really surprised me was Stephanie McMahon, because when she put out her tweet, she hashtagged it R.I.P. Brody Lee. That was the only thing out of the WWE that surprised me because I thought for sure if they were going to do something like that, it would be Luke Harper. The, the, yeah. the fact that she used the name Brody Lee just absolutely astounded. Yep. Yeah. Well, go ahead, uh, Spencer. Spencer was trying to kid, kid, kid in there. So uh, go ahead, Spencer. No, no worries. And, um, you know, to pick up off of what you were saying is, is I think for me, that's where the difference lies in exploitation and the carny side of it and all of that sort of um, stuff that professional wrestling is prone to being right is um, of course, you know, there are going to be people and, and it's to some degree, rightfully so that look a lot, look at a lot of this stuff as exploitation and all of that sort of stuff. And I think for me, you know, it, it's hard to judge it, it. It's a bit Monday morning quarterback, obviously, but um if something's to come out of that advertising, if that AEW tribute show was to be just some crass, big, huge, terrible thing where at the end of it, fuck, MJF standing tall over Brody Lee, whatever it may be, um, then yeah, like if you're using this as some big, crass, get heat angle, um, of course it's it's exploiting it. And of course it's using it to to the wrong degree, but... You know, I think the perfect example of that is is Stephanie McMahon tweeting out hashtag RIP Brody Lee. This isn't people losing, for the most part, a coworker or some plug in the roster. These guys are losing an effing friend. These guys are losing yeah. people in the WWE end that they worked with for nine years. Everybody's tributes coming out obviously show that he's a good person. And, you know... We all know, and again, rightfully so for a lot of things, the things that Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon and stuff like that have done where they have been crass and have erred on what I personally believe would be the wrong side of things. And with this, I I just, I don't think that's it. You know, like these people are losing a friend. Stephanie McMahon, I don't have a number in front of me, but like she's got kids roughly around the same age as Luke Harper's kids, right? Like she is roughly the same age as Luke Harper. Triple H, I think is what, 46? Five years ain't much, right? Like when you're losing a friend, a peer, a coworker, like you're getting hit at eight different points with it, proverbially. Yeah, if there was a big crass thing, 100%. But I think a lot of this is done in the, the recognition or the attempted recognition of being a tribute to a man that a lot of people love. And for me, uh, the comparison I always will make is um, when David Bowie died. I don't think I listened to anything but David Bowie for six days. Right. right? As soon as Luke Harper, Brody Lee, John Huber passed away, the first thing I did uh, when I got the opportunity is I went and watched the Wyatts and the Shield, right? Because I wanted to, in my own professional wrestling fan sort of way, 
pay tribute to what I loved about a man who, by all accounts, was a good person. Yeah. And if WWE or AEW can showcase that in a way that, yeah, it's convenient. Like, for me, if I had video footage, I would have put out a, an edit for lack of a better way to pay tribute or whatever it may be. WWE has the ability to placate fans, help them in their grief through something that is as relatively simple as putting together a few great matches. I, I don't see that as crass unless they make it crass, you know? Yeah. So, Mr. Bowman, I don't know if uh, if you uh, have been listening this entire time or if everything had cut out for you, but pretty much what we're talking about is I'd, I'd sent you in that, that article uh, that I uh, pieced together uh, with talking first Brian Myers and then, uh, you know, the passing of Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper, John Huber. Um, that's kind of what we're talking about and discussing right now. I'm sure you kind of got the yeah. gist of everything as we were going through. So uh, we'll get kind of your thoughts on this. Then we'll pass it up to uh, Mighty Joe and we'll let him get uh, his stuff in there as well on this topic. And then we'll see where uh, where the rest of this episode takes us. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to give this a fifth try now today. You know, I, I was just thinking it's never good to be the guy on the bottom. You know, so <laughs> that's what I've heard anyway. But as far as... I had to put a little humor in there because uh, the love man over there was making me starting to make me choke up a little bit, but he's absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, these are people that are dealing with real emotions, real, uh, real friends, people they've ridden in cars with, flown on airplanes with, spend more time with sometimes than their own families. It's not quite the same schedule as it was years ago, but they're still gone and with each other a lot when they're, you know, when they're not with their families, they're with their coworkers and vice versa. So it, they all kind of become one big family. And whether you like a wrestler or not, or you, you know, you, what do you like about him in the ring, or you hate the way he wrestles, you know, to see somebody like John Huber, I'll use his real name, John Huber, the man, um, be so universally loved, I can understand where Brian Myers might have. And that might have just been a spur of the moment thing. He might have just been choked up. He might have just been uh, flush with emotion and sent out the tweet. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'll, I'll back up exactly. Uh, you know, the points that have been made, you know, you can't tell these people how to grieve. They've just had a major loss in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and for, for myself, I'll second a lot of what uh, Mr. Malcor said, you know, about, you know, the, the tributes that WWE did, you know, with the, the graphic, I, I really didn't expect much more than that, you know, given the fact that, you know, he doesn't work for the company anymore. But then at the same time, you know, I'm thinking, you know, he was there for, he was there for a long time and you know, it was essentially like family to a lot of uh, you know, the, the workers and you know, the people uh, running the show. So, you know, when I saw Stephanie uh, put out her tweet, I mean, it, it didn't really shock me, you know, just uh, given, you know, just how tight, you know, behind the scenes that uh, they were because, and you just see all the other outpouring and it just, it all kind of made sense to me, you know, that uh, it was just one of the, these cases where, you know, the company lines didn't really kind of matter. You know, that this was just a guy that in professional wrestling that everybody loved and everybody, you know, poured out their emotions on this. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting them to do like a big special or to do a 10 bell thing. I, I, the, the, that just wasn't uh, something that I expected. And, you know, I, just, I, I think just each individual person kind of doing their own tribute, I think is, is kind of the best thing. And you just, you get everybody's true emotion on, uh, on the individual. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, probably not since Piper have I seen like just universally so many people just saying, you know, we love you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you know the real reason why Stephanie used hashtag R.I.P. Brody Lee, don't you? Uh, because, because it was trending, and R.I.P. Luke Harper wasn't. Uh, no, 
coming up at the Royal Rumble, Vince is going to go ahead and bring the uh, the Bludgeon Brothers back. He's going to razor and diesel that thing. Oh, <laughs> I hope not. It's good really shit, pal. I really hope not. Well, you know what? To, to the, well, not to necessarily end the episode off, but I think it'll probably eat up a good portion of our remaining time here. I thought we would kind of go around the table here, you know. I was thinking about talking about COVID, but you know what? On all of our shows and all our discussions, you know, we've all talked about it to nauseam at this point. So, you know, I, th- I figure we'll st- kind of steer clear of that. And let's all kind of talk about what we currently are getting joy out of in professional wrestling. I'll start off with myself. And uh, I'm going to, if I could reach over to him and, uh, and say thank you, I-, I would. But I have to thank Dr. Michael Jargo for kind of reintroducing me into New Japan Pro Wrestling because that currently is what I get out joy out of in professional wrestling. I, I've started watching it on a regular basis now and just, I, it's rejuvenated my love in professional wrestling. It, it It's a company that doesn't insult my intelligence. I just, I get good, solid professional wrestling without any of the bullshit. I'll just come and say it. No shit wrestling. And I love it. Yeah. Be still my heart. <laughs> Dropping dro- drop S-bombs. Yes. Holy Canada. Yes. Just wanted to, to say it. That's, uh, that's the best way I, uh, I can word it. I, I freaking love New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I mean, it, it's actually been it, fantastic. As as we record this, currently it is January 4th. And you know what that means. Uh, Re- Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. Um, Wrestle Kingdom night one this morning. Oh. Six matches that just absolutely blew the doors off of the Tokyo Dome and God, they even set it up for night two. I mean, just the the way that they built the card to build for the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. And and then we get my favorite show of the year, uh, New Year's Dash, where if if Joe can drop S-bombs, I can too. New Year's Dash, that's where the shit hits the fan. Like (laughs) That is the point of New Year's Dash. It is the Raw after Mania. All bets are off. Nobody knows what in the hell is going to happen. There are people in the world right now that think Kenny Omega is going to be at New Year's Dash. Wow. (laughs) That would be something. It's not going to happen, but the (laughs) fact that there are people in the world that think that it will... Wait a minute. That's what's great about New Year's. Wait a minute. Late last year, I saw Kenny Omega, not just the same day, but at the same time in the impact zone and somehow down in Mexico City at Triple Mania, Michael Jargo. There is proof of the pudding. The man is, he has instant transmission. He can be anywhere he wants at any given time. You do not tell Kenny Omega what and where he can be. But speaking of the elephant in the room, Kenny Omega, did anybody catch that he actually congratulated Kota Ibushi on Twitter this morning on winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship? I did see that. He actually acknowledged that Kota Ibushi is still a person for the first time in like a year and a half. It's just furthering that storyline that could potentially be paid off later. Kota Ibushi has become God and Kenny Omega is the devil. Yes. Yep. I'll go to uh, my. I'm going to go to my co-host next here uh, to Carl Carafel. Um, where do you currently, you know, what do you find joy in professional wrestling right now? Like, like what tickles your fancy right now when it comes to wrestling? Carl, YouTube. Quick, oh yeah, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I'm, if I can throw one to my comic nerd fans out there, I yeah. don't know if there are three Jokers, but apparently there are three Kenny Omegas. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No <laughs> World's greatest time traveler. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, you, YouTube. Yeah. Um, you, YouTube is is giving us a plethora of different companies that we can watch. 
Um, and, and, and it's, it's fantastic to be able to see, uh, you know, we, we can see Canadian wrestling, we can see American wrestling, we can see wrestling from the UK, we can see wrestling from Australia, we can see wrestling from Germany, we can see wrestling from pretty much all over the entire world from independent companies on YouTube now. And they're giving that stuff away for free. And I absolutely love it. I'm going to give a shout out right now to Danny. Danny Duggan at uh, Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Because they've been doing that as well. And I freaking love it. And I'm going to shout out Miss Kim as well. uh, With Ignite Wrestling down in Florida. Um She's been doing the same thing. Miss Miss Kim is amazing at what she does. Uh, a female owner of a company, promoter, booker. She does absolutely everything for Ignite Wrestling. And she puts that stuff out on YouTube for us for free. And I love, she's talked about it on our podcast before. I love how she does things. There are no storylines. She just lets these guys go out there and girls go out there and give us professional wrestling. And that is what I love. I love professional wrestling. Yes, Spencer, I'm continuing to say it and stealing your line. I love professional wrestling. Oh my, you don't have, have to get that like trademarks and start getting some residuals. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Church is on the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but that's that's my biggest thing uh, right right now, and that's my biggest love of professional wrestling is that I have so much that I can watch just on YouTube alone, and and it's 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 not like it's you know the, the 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 top of the top of the world class professional wrestling that's out there but these are the guys and girls that we're going to be seeing in the next 6 to 10 years and we're already going to know their names and we're going to be able to go to our buddies that are just the casual fans and go yeah. <laughs> I was watching that person right. 6 years ago look out you really got to watch this show to see what this person can do so yeah, yeah, and and to go with the the YouTube thing, like uh, you know, props to to Ring of Honor and for the last little while. I mean, even uh, the the Madison Square Garden show, uh, for free in full on YouTube. I mean, I've watched that I don't know how many times now. And uh, since Mr. Michael, uh, Mr. Melkor is in the house here, OVW. If you haven't already, I mean, we play the yes. commercial all the time on this podcast. Go and check out OVW. I mean, uh, weekly content from there, absolutely fantastic uh, uh, stuff happening down there as well. So yeah, I just wanted to I know make mention he- of that. I know Mr. Melkor probably cannot give us any spoilers at all, but uh, if you guys do follow our stuff on social media at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we actually put out there was a network about a uh, champion having to uh, relinquish the championship uh, due to commitments with another company. Um, I mean, like. <laughs> Speaking I'm sure you can't w. tell us what's happening uh, going forward with the championship, but uh, yeah, like like that. And that's, I mean, it isn't anything that was done onto YouTube, but just the power of social media and, and the power of the internet right now to be able to, to give us these things so that we can kind of stay in the loop and not have to sit back and like twiddle our thumbs and stick our fingers up our asses and wait until, you know, the next show comes on. Uh, we actually, we can get this info and then have a reason to be like, oh no, now I have to check out this show because I know that there's something big coming up. Well, that's just, that's a layup I absolutely can't turn down at this point because <laughs> this Saturday coming up as we take this, it is Monday the 4th. So this Saturday, January 9th, 
is the 2021 Nightmare Rumble, which, um, nice. of course, we did have to announce that Brian Pillman Jr. did have to relinquish the OVW Heavyweight Championship. Um, so that title is vacant. Um, as far as what's going to happen with it, no spoilers here, but we did announce, if you caught in that same announcement, that the idea we were heading into Saturday with the um, the winner of the Rumble would get a shot at the OVW title down the road. Meanwhile, the OVW heavyweight champion, Brian Pillman, was set to face the OVW national champion, Mr. Pectacular Jesse Goddard. Well, obviously that's not happening now. But what is happening is that the winner of the Nightmare Rumble will now be crowned the OVW heavyweight champion and will face the national champion, Jesse Goddard, that same night. Very cool. Very cool. Outstanding. Outstanding. And um, you talk about OVW social media. First of all, thank you, gentlemen, for putting that over. Second of all, you may want to keep an eye on it this week because there might be something going out about how you can watch the show. Mm, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> well, before he has to, to head out here, uh, let's give uh, Spencer the floor here and tell us, I'm, I'm going to say it, tell us what you love about wrestling, Spencer. I should get that trademark. <laughs> right. Um, I think 2020 overall, and I think all of us, at least in our brief conversations together can agree, like, Despite the circumstances, at least personally, 2020 was one of my favorite years in professional wrestling. Maybe one of the best is like more subject to opinion than I would even think. But I think that it was easily one of my favorite years of professional wrestling. And one of my favorite parts of professional wrestling this year um, was just women's professional wrestling overall. I think that for me, um, the last few years, as they rightfully should have been, have been really, really pushing for the women and doing events like Evolution and doing these first times ever and really checking off a lot of the boxes for the first time. I think for me, the coolest part about this year, regardless of which promotion it was, is just how um, prominent the women were on their own merit. You know what I mean? And that's not to take anything away from uh, individuals of years past, even of the last couple of years that really spearheaded the women's revolution. But you look at names like Bailey and Sasha in, in WWE or Deanna Perrazzo in Impact. They are top people because they have been the best performers in their promotions by a country mile, at least in my opinion, for a large, large part of 2020. You go through those promotions. You go through some of the matches that have happened in AEW, whether you're looking at Serena Deeb or Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker making her return. or As much as people have... have uh, complained about the women's division in AEW. I've liked what Hikaru Shida has done when she's in the ring, right? I think that every promotion has done a solid to great job of their women's division this year. And I think a lot of that is, you know, not to say they've lucked into it, but simply because every woman, or at least every roster has had a good handful of women really hit their stride this year. So I think that overall that would be where I'd go with things is just the general women scene. And then, like, I know in speaking to each of you guys, I'm sure each of us can come up with four or five or six names from each respective independent scene of women who are going to come up and be real, real players in uh, in the next few years like you guys were all alluding to, right? Yeah. And, and before you do get it, uh, I know you have to head out, Spencer, I'll, and I'll give you uh, a platform too to tell us uh, all about uh, Love Wrestling before you head out. 
Well, absolutely. And I think that the best thing I can say is check it out for yourself. We launched on January 1st. We've got a lot of great contributors over there covering what they love about professional wrestling. Like, we're lucky enough to have Joe and Carl starting a new podcast. Their first episode is going to be coming out this Thursday, the Turnbuckle Rewind podcast. They're going to be sitting down doing watch-alongs of some of their favorite matches in pro wrestling. This Thursday, Hogan versus Andre at WrestleMania 3. I know you guys are going to want to check that out. We've got poetry of a promo. I today actually launched an interview with the aforementioned Deanna Perrazzo knockout champion uh just I, I don't really have another way to put it you guys have all said it for me i love professional wrestling and i want to <laughs> showcase that love of pro wrestling with people i love in professional wrestling bringing it to other people who love professional wrestling see if you guys are going to say it i'm still going to get it in there more than you are <laughs> awesome <laughs> gentlemen i want to close it out and say thank you guys very very much for having me on the show it is cool as hell to be here anytime i'm on here but especially for such a monumental episode for you guys congratulations and thanks again for having me it means a lot you'd think of me to be here thank you so much spencer anytime guys i'll talk to you soon have a great rest of your days all right you too all right so uh, well, i think th- uh, who we'll go with next here is uh, let's go over to mr uh, richard bronson vickery and tell us what you love currently about professional wrestling sir well, kind of in a bigger picture is we have our, our gathering of these tremendous minds here this afternoon is we kind of, you know, just appreciate the milestone of 200 episodes. It's not really just about the celebration, but about a reflection of where we've been and what's, you know, what we've loved about professional wrestling that's brought all of us to this point uh, in, you know, just our connection through Turnbuckle Talk or our personal journeys. Uh, but I think, you know, what's more important is to look where we are going, where we continue to evolve uh, for me personally. Just to kind of think when I got into the podcast game with Jargo three years ago and where we started off and our goals then and aspirations, uh, absolutely never would imagine where I am at today as we sit here on January 4th, 2021 and what's that, you know, coming around the corner for us that continues to feed my my passion, my drive for professional wrestling. Jargo and I uh, are honored, privileged to be a part of the Hameen Media Group where we have tremendous things going on. You know, we get to sit for the last part, you know, three years, we've got to sit under the learning tree of tremendous minds like Ben Hameen, Stevie Richards, Strangler Steve King, Chris Silvio, Ted McNaller, uh, Big Sal, Greek Papadon, you know, some of the finest minds in professional wrestling. We've seen the Hameen Media Group blossom in partnerships with the Russo brand and all those tremendous all those tremendous talents. Uh, we have just recently, today, we have launched a partnership with Stevie Ray of Harlem Heat. We have a plethora of other nice. talents on board. We are getting ready to roll out here. Jargo is going to be paired up with one of the greatest, all-time greatest minds in professional wrestling to help drive his podcast going forward. Uh, our Rip Rogers, the you know the man responsible for fine-tuning the likes of John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, the list goes on and on. He is with our platform there. You know, just to be a small part of the Hameen Media Group and how it's matured me in professional wrestling, working on that platform with the promotions I work with personally, uh, again, just simply incredible uh, this, this morning. Uh, every Monday I get to sit down with Ben and Beast. I get to pick their mind something that we should have had on the Patreon system. 
Uh, we're giving it away for free in a locker room. It just truly is a can't miss. I, I picked a brain for a half an hour about what it takes to pull together an indie show, your budgets, how you get your sponsors, your venue, your talents. I mean, it's just 30 minutes of just a free flow, open conversation. I get to do that each and every week. Uh, I'm absolutely blessed for my position inside of professional wrestling. And uh, well, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> I want to be part of the Hami Media right, Group. Right. I'm like that. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Right. And uh, I want to make sure and, and go over to uh, over back over to uh, Mr. Doctor Jargo. You had mentioned uh, New Japan, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask you the, the exact same question. What do you love about wrestling? I, I can tell you right now, my favorite thing in all of professional wrestling is B Priestley. <laughs> B Priestley's new yeah. gimmick of telling everybody just how much they suck. <laughs> That's good. Is my favorite thing. In all of professional wrestling, especially when every promo ends with, but Momo sucks the most. <laughs> like th- th- this, this feud that they have been building between B Priestley and Momo Watanabe in stardom for the better part of the last year is everything that I love about professional wrestling. And it's, it's not just B and Momo. It's also what they've been doing with Konami and Jungle Kiona. It's the way that they handled the passing of Hannah Kimura. It's everything going on with Utami versus Julia and who the top woman is inside of stardom. Stardom was my promotion of 2020. I thought they just had an absolutely incredible year and nobody's talking about it. Don't sleep on stardom, which is basically the New Japan version of women's professional wrestling. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to make sh- mention, too, and uh, to kind of go off a little bit of what Rick was saying as well, that uh, the other thing that, that I love, too, is just being here to do what we're doing right now. And then just thinking yes. back to just thinking back to that day when I'm literally on public transit on my phone and thinking to myself now, what would have happened if I wouldn't have messaged Mr. Ryan K. Bowman? We might not all be here right now. So I just wanted to, I know he's not here right now, but when he listens to this or watches this afterwards, I just wanted to make a special thank you to, to Ryan for answering me and, you know, bringing Carl and I onto this platform. I know I said at the top of the show to thank you, uh, you and uh, Mr. Melkor to bring us in the grill position, but I'll, I'll just say it again, you know, specifically to, to Ryan, thank you for, you know, answering me and, and talking to me and, uh, and starting all this off. Cause like I said, otherwise this wouldn't likely be happening right now. You know, we might be at 200 episodes, but it, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be this awesome. Let's just put it that way. You know, what's cool about podcasts when you are a podcaster is you get to know all these other podcasters yeah. and no matter where you are, no matter what you are doing, you can always put in your earbuds or put on a pair of headphones yeah. and be surrounded by your friends. Yeah. That is the coolest thing about podcasts. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Wow. So we're up, uh, we're up close to the, to the hour. Unfortunately, I, I wish that um, Ryan was still here, but it looks like uh, we lost him on the internet connection. So I guess before we all go, uh, just some kind of final thoughts. I'll start with my co-host, Kara Carafel. Um, any last kind of shout-outs or plugs or anything we want to get in before we, uh, we call it at uh, episode 200? Yeah, I mean, definitely I, I want to go to collarandelbowbrand.com. 
I mean, our friends over there, collarandelbowbrand.com, you know, you kind of heard us talking about, uh, you know, them pandering to, uh, you know, (laughs) making some money and getting people over to their sites. Uh, They do it. They do. Uh, But I still love them. Um, I'm wearing the Color and Elbow Brand hat, as I always do. Uh, When it's a little cooler outside, I wear my Color and Elbow Brand sweatshirt i've always got that handy somewhere with me but go and check them out they we are the first color and elbow brand sponsored podcast they took a chance on us we were so happy with it go and check them out color and elbow brand.com there's a promo code you can use jk podcast that's going to get you 10 percent off your entire purchase whether that is brand new merchandise whether that is clearanced merchandise whatever is in your cart you use JK Podcast at the checkout, and you're going to get yourself 10% off from collarandelbowbrand.com. We do have our friends over at Phoenix Fit as well. Uh, FNXFit.com for your health and workout supplements. Uh, they are all available over there, whether you're looking for some super greens, some protein powders, some pre workout, post workout, whatever you're looking for. That promo code for over there is TBTalkPod, and you're going to save 15% off your entire order over there. So if you're looking for some health and workout supplements, go and check out our friends at fnxfit.com. And then just for us, if you aren't already, follow us on our social media. We're talking Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we can be found at TBTalkPod on all three of those platforms. (laughs) All right, and uh, Jargo. Uh, what do you want to get out there before we head up? Um, well, first and foremost, congratulations, gentlemen, on 200 episodes. Well nice. done. Well done. Thank you very much for uh, being a part of the HTM Podcast Network, which you can find online at hittingthemarks.com. That's called that's called a plug, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a goddamn professional. <laughs> you can also find me over at destinopod.com, where I host Destino, a New Japan pro wrestling podcast where I completely showcase all of my nerddom, Huckleberry, I, I guess, why don't you tell them about hitting the marks and what we're going to be talking about this week as we prepare for chaos in the United States with uh, the Georgia election and um, possibly, once again, President Trump. Well, uh, well, first of all, guys, congratulations. 200 episodes, uh, an incredible milestone. You know, Here's the, the 200 behind us, but hey, let's look, to, let's look forward to 200 more. The, the future is brighter than the past, and absolutely looking forward to uh, – I'm really excited to see what you guys roll out with this new project. I, I think it's an incredible concept. Uh, as, as I told Mighty Joe, and, I, and I've told Jargo, I said these guys are in for the, the research of their life, and, and, and I mean that in a positive way. When you yeah. guys start going into that hole – and start to see everything that's involved in putting together these these masterpieces of matches, uh, I think you're, you're going to really enjoy yourself. And I hope it's something that you absolutely get lost in and that we can kind of just get lost in as, as a listener. Uh, so congratulations and good luck going forward, guys. Uh, Jargo, you, you talk about plugs. Well, uh, I'll see your plug and I'll up the ante here. Of course, this week on the Hitting the Marks podcast, again, you know, it's a, it's a show about about everything and anything. It's a show for everyone hosted by two mother a-holes. So uh, you want to check that out. We drop, it's a little midweek treat for you. We've got a lot going on there. Of course, you can check us out at hittingthemarks.com or you can find us over at hameenmediagroup.podbean.com and think talking about that hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. That's an association. It's the affiliate program with the Hameen Media Group. You can check out that core programming at hackerhobbing.podbean.com. We're talking everything from pro wrestling, conspiracy, political satire, sports, entertainment, 
you name it, we got a little bit of it all. Again, it is the Hameen Media Group. And also this week over at Pro Wrestling Tees, they got their um, New Year sale going on. Make sure you're buying over those t-shirts. Just do a search for Ben Hameen, Stevie Richards, Greek God, Papadon, Big Sal, and Dr. Man Beast, Ted McNailer. And of course, you can keep up with me, Rick Victor, across all social media at the real RBV and keep your eyes out. Hey guys, I, I know Carl's regularly plugged in here for me. If you love my delicious of the day, RBV fitness, we got a new, uh, new project launching a vlog coming at the end of the month. We're going to run it in, in association with Cincinnati wing week. It's called RBV eats out Cincinnati. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Mr. Michael uh, Melkor, uh, some plugs and shout outs before we head out today. Uh, that, Melkor. <laughs> I can't forget it. <laughs> no, but um, again, I said it off top. I'm, I'm glad we had all of you there. I mean, when we put the War Network together, it was the idea. Let's <laughs> let's curate people that are good people, good at what they do, that may not get heard that often. That was the goal: is to get everybody together so we can bring everybody up. And I'm glad to see how far all of you have come since then. That just, that, that just makes my heart grow three sizes too big. <laughs> um, of course, ovwrestling.com is where you can get your tickets to this Saturday's Nightmare Rumble. Um, if we have some left. That's uh, I'm, 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 I'm not doing the carny hurry. They're going fast thing. No, <laughs> we had to open up more seats and we might have to open up a few more. But this is a pandemic, folks. There's only so much more we can open up before this show is going to be sold the hell out. So if you're in the Louisville area, OVWWrestling.com and get your tickets as soon as you can. Um Again, keep your eyes on OVW social media, the Facebook page, OV Wrestling on Twitter, um, Instagram. We are all over the place. We may have an announcement about that Nightmare Rumble show soon. Um, as far as myself, I'm on Twitter at mmelcor. I'm on Instagram, michael.melcor. I say this all the time, but it dawned on me that this is a video chat, and now I finally get to do it. Nice. Look for the wine bottle. <laughs> That's how you know it's me. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. That is uh, 200 episodes. And before we go, I just wanted to, to say again, thank you to Carl Carafel for being my co-host, uh, for putting up with me for 200 episodes. And uh, looking forward to 200 more. Uh, thank you to Jargo. Thank you to Rick. Thank you to you, Mr. Melkor. Thank you to Ryan K. Bowen. Thank you to Spencer Love. And thank you to our listeners for supporting us. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to to two or more episodes. It's going to be fantastic. And, of course, looking forward to this new show, Turnbuckle Rewind. As Rick said, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work, and I'm looking forward to that, looking at all these great, fantastic matches and getting to really kind of delve into them and uh, and really get uh, into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for it, and uh, just I uh, can't wait. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's it for 200 episodes. And, uh, yeah, let's, we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me, it's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.